Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Empire State Conservatives Podcast, episode 114. In just a minute, we are going to have on the infamous Ricky Rebel. But I want to remind everyone to subscribe, rate, and share our podcast on all platforms. Just search Empire State Conservatives Podcast, and we will show up. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at GetRidPilledNY. And do not forget to check out our store at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com slash store for all our snowflake melting merch. Stay tuned for Ricky Rebel. Hey, everybody, I'd like to welcome to the show the infamous Ricky Rebel, top 40 Billboard recording artist. Ricky, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I wanted to have you on because this episode is all about culture. Being out in California, being in the entertainment industry for as long as you have, you know, working in entertainment, being openly bisexual, being an open Trump supporter, it can't be easy. So if you can just give our listeners who might not know exactly who you are beyond the red carpet. Um, you know, keep America great jacket, just a little bit of your background, what led you to into entertainment and then what kind of pushed you towards, you know, your support for our president. Okay. Great questions, Evan. Thanks for having me on your show. Thank you everybody who's watching right now. My name is Ricky Rebel and uh, I did wear the infamous Trump keep America great suit to the Grammys last year. And it was one of those moments, a pivotal moment in my life, uh, because it was like night and day, my, my career kind of changed in, in a big way. Uh, I had to do, go through like this uh, spiritual journey inside of myself to really make that step to say, okay, am I going to do this or not? Am I going to come out? It's like, it's like coming out of the closet again. You know, it's my second time coming out. And I had to think to myself, okay, do I have the courage to, to be honest about this to people? I know it's going to piss off just about almost all of my fans basically <laughs> that I currently had at the time. Right. I, a lot of like 80%, I would say were, were LGBT and most LGBT for some effed up weird reason, despise this man and his family. It is the craziest thing. I don't know, but you know, radical Islam murders gays. I don't know if they know that or not, but anyway, uh, you know, I had to do it, and uh, my, my last name is Ricky Rebel. It's not Ricky Conformity. So I, I did it, and it was the most, one of the most thrilling things I've ever done in my life. I was like, my cheeks were just hurting from smiling so much and, like, pissing people off. <laughs> I heard the uh, photographers, the paparazzi, they're saying, I hope your babies die. <laughs> And Trump hates you. Keep oh my god! And I'm like, Trump wants to end AIDS in ten years. Okay, mic drop. He's also working to end uh, the to decriminalize homosexuality in other parts of the world. Right. It's like they don't they don't live in the real world. That's what we say all the time on the show. Is they live in this fantasy world where everyone who they didn't vote for is this evil person. So we've seen a lot of backlash against other members of the LGBT community or Q is whatever it is. And again, people like Brandon Strzok, people like Rob Smith, who have been called homophobic and transphobic for simply trying to educate people. Have you seen yeah. any sort of backlash like this? Oh yeah. I, there are people who won't specifically work with me because of what I did at the Grammys. They will not work with me. 
I've lost managers, producers, PR people who say, we love you. We believe in your talent. However, uh, we can no longer work with you because of your views. And it's striking. It's, it's, it was way worse this time coming out as a conservative than it was when I came out for being bisexual. This was way worse. It had bigger consequences to my career. And that's, that's my baby. You know, my music is my life. Ricky Rebel, music, performing. I love, that's what I excel at. And keep going. Sorry. Impacted. It's impacted my, my booking. Um, but I have a different kind of booking now. People are booking me to, to speak more. People are booking me to, um, uh, do all types of events, fundraisers, and, and they always want me to sing too. So it's great. And I think that as people calm down on the left side, they're going to be a little bit more, okay, we'll have Ricky at, at our event. Uh, they won't be as paranoid. Yeah, and in, t- in terms of, you know, the music, that is a, the reason, why, a big, another big reason I wanted to have you on is to do something like that, to come out as outspoken in the entertainment industry as a bisexual um, man and come out in support of the president when there's so much false negative press, but still negative press against him. It's a ballsy move. I'm like, I just, I got to get this guy on the show. I got to ask. I can't yeah. not ask this guy to be on the show. That, is, that takes a big set of balls. And I really applaud you for coming out and taking that step. Um, but, you know, I was checking out some more of your music. Your new single, Sheep, has a very, it's a very intense music video. There's a lot going on in there. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's good. It's I, I like it. It's my um, life, really. It's, yeah. it's intense. It, it takes a, it takes a lot of imagery from the real world, and that's something that I think is very important. Or is this kind of the new direction of your music, or is this something like you know it might be like a song on the album, or is it something you're really trying to kind of push people to think about what's going on in the world in politics and what's going on in their country? Well, that's a great question. I this was a moment. This is just a, a snapshot of my life basically where, where I've been since 2015, what I've had to live through living in Hollywood, what, what it felt like to be me. I love that you got the word intense out of it because it's been a very intense situation for me because I have to hear the bickering of radical liberals talking about these crazy things like non-binary and putting kids on hormone blockers and, and trans should be allowed to to you know compete with other females or male trans people it's just like all this crazy stuff that i'm just supposed to be lock stop and barrel with including socialism and communism which is what i'm absolutely not about and it's been an intense time so musically speaking i wanted to be honest i wanted to talk about the sheep and there are a lot of sheep out there people that just are afraid of the truth they're afraid to do research. They're afraid to go. Number one, they're afraid of being rejected from the, their own tribe. I meet a lot of LGBT like that. They're, they're terrified. And what I've read and what I've learned is that we don't need the whole world to love us. We really don't. We need like a small group of friends, family, people. And that's what we're, you know, bi- biologically speaking, and that, that's all we need. This whole idea that we need the whole world to just embrace us and accept us. No, we don't. We really don't. And when you step and you finally realize that, that it really, that it really doesn't matter what they think. It's like there's this huge freedom. And that's what I'm experiencing now. 
So my new music coming out, there's, uh, I'm calling it American Rebel. I have a new album called American Rebel I'm working on. And it, it's not necessarily political. As it's coming together, it, it sounds very much about bringing everybody together, bringing the worlds together. Because this is what I've always wanted. I just want people to stop treating each other like shit. That's just bottom line. <laughs> That's a good message. I, I definitely agree with that one. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't care. I don't care how you vote. You want to vote for Elizabeth Pocahontas Warren. If you want <laughs> communism, fantastic. Do do you. But that isn't me. And I'm not going to be silent about it. I'm not going to be like your little bitch. And I'm not going to be quiet. I'm going to say how I feel. Trump 2020. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, and that's it. And we we can get along though. If if we. I don't know about getting along. I think we can work together. Maybe we can, yeah. we can live side by side. We can live side by cohesive. Yeah, we can live side by side without starting a war. That's my that's my main mission. And I wrote a song called "Turn Up the Love," and it's, it's ironic because it was an event started by Imagine Dragons. You know, Imagine Dragons, the rock yes. band. They have this big festival for LGBT uh, people, and it's in um, what what is Mormon country? Is Utah, that? Salt Lake yeah. City. Yeah, Salt Lake City. And they have this huge, they, we all go into like the stadium and they have all the LGBT people and they're all like, oh, F Trump, F this, they're, they're liberals. You know, many of them yeah. are liberals. Um, and I got invited last year and I was just watching it. And, and then I saw hashtag turn off the love. I saw that there. And I'm like, you know what? That's true. I want to turn off the love too. I want, I want to do it in my way though. And I think a lot of conservatives out there are very loving people and the liberal side of everything, they don't see the love. They don't, they don't see it. I think a lot of that is that they can't, there's an issue with society now that if someone disagrees with you, they're your enemy. And that's not true. And that's why you see this movement. And I spoke with Professor Giordano about this in another episode where if they want to ban hate speech, now who's going to determine the hate speech? Well, right. the government. They hate the government right now. They hate the president. So you right. want the president to determine what hate speech is, but you want it to be all speech that you don't like, but you don't like the president. They don't understand that if we start making laws that are going to restrict how we're allowed to think, how we're allowed to speak, how we're allowed to live, it's only going to go downhill. They think that it's going to benefit them, but it's not going to benefit anybody. Yeah. And the same thing with guns, right? They want to hand over the guns to the government. They're so dumb that's such a dumb thing to do <laughs> all, all the police are racist and the, and trump is racist and wants to put everyone in camps but you're going to give him all the guns let's give him your guns well, i don't i don't get it i, 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 I it, it makes no sense it's completely illogical i work in education there's a lot of the same nonsense where yeah. just people are like oh, i hate him i hate him i hate him he's such a moron but then he's yeah. a criminal mastermind you can't be a moron and a criminal mastermind they right. won't live where they have everything but they're not living in a world that it, it's insane. He's racist, but he's done more for the black community than the last three presidents combined. You know, he hates gay people, but he's trying to decriminalize homosexuality. He's really committed to that. I mean, I'm talking to Richard Grinnell online. He, he messages me sometimes. Richard Grinnell, he is the ambassador for that, uh, for America in uh, Berlin, in Germany. And he's working on all of that. He tells me we're working hard. He went, uh, he went to the UN and he read off all of the different countries that are currently murdering gays. Iran. <laughs> yeah, Iran. <laughs> okay. 
but he he named them and he said he it was very hard it was very emotional for him to get it out uh but we got to talk about it and that's my number one gripe with the lgbt community is that they they it's okay for they want to stage die-ins at chicken restaurants okay but i don't see one of them i don't see any of them staging die-ins in front of mosques they do the opposite they support them you have groups like Gays for Palestine, Gays Against Islamophobia, when these are the countries that are executing your own people. It's like, mm-hmm. if I'm not going to support, you know, I'm Jewish, I'm an American, but I'm also Jewish, I'm not going to support countries that are that are making laws to criminalize Judaism or to kill Jews. That's an insane thing to do. That's going against your own interests, against your own people. It doesn't make any sense. That's like you being pro-Nazi here, too. Yeah, it's the same shit. And I... I, I don't know. I they, they need to wake up. They need to wake up. And that's what my record, the new alpha, you know, it, that's what it was about. It was about toughening up these guys, these LGBT people, because I felt like the pendulum was swinging way to the left and way too feminine, way too soft and passive. And, uh, oh, let's let everybody walk all over us. You know, very Obama apology tour. Yes. That's where everything was leaning. And I just thought to myself, you guys, we need to toughen up. I mean, the, the community needs to toughen up and needs to get a little more center. Stop playing the victim all the time and start taking responsibility for your life. Clean your effing room. Uh, clean up your act. Maybe we shouldn't be doing, you know, inviting children to pride festivals where guys' cocks are hanging out. Maybe that's an idea. I don't know. I, that's a good idea. I, 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 I don't know. That's Maybe, a great idea. Maybe we should think about that a little bit, you know, maybe RuPaul should think about before she puts together a he, it's a he, puts together a show and then has like a really young kid in the show and introducing this kid to the drag queen culture. Because I'm not going to say that drag queens are bad. I'm going to talk about their culture. And I wanted to wear a particular shirt because I've been into like making my own little shirts here. So I, we making my own shirts also. Really? Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. I wrote one that said, uh, drag queen culture is not for kids. And I was going to wear that to the premiere of AJ and the queen. It's RuPaul's. And my PR talked me out of it. He says, we're trying to make amends. With, we're trying to bring people together. Remember that was your mission statement. And I said, okay, all right. I had to remember, you know, so I was, I was willing to go and do that. Uh, unfortunately the event was a fiasco so it it didn't really work out but I wanted to wear the shirt and 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 tell and and kind of put the message out that I'm okay with with kids having creativity if they want to run around pretend to be unicorns and little put the little hat that's I did all that the princess thing or whatever they want to be boy ninja girl whatever but the confusing thing it's confusing for kids when the parents start telling them are you a girl are you you know are you this I mean that would have that would have f me up as a kid because I was into all that stuff. I was into My Little Ponies and I was into GI Joes at the same time. I was into um, like dancing around Annie and things like that. Um, if I had had a really progressive parents, there's no doubt in my mind I would have been totally messed up up here, totally messed up. But my parents, gratefully, they raised me correctly, and it's not it's not because I'm saying being gay is bad or being feminine is bad. I'm saying we need the balance of both. You can't be overly masculine or overly feminine. You have to find that nice yin yang. 
Right. And I think the big part and the big part of the message, which you are hundred percent correct on is we need to stop pushing things like sexuality and these huge decisions on whether you're going to be a boy or a girl on little kids right. in this country. They just raised the smoking age to 21, but a three-year-old is allowed to decide if they want to change their gender and it's- start hormone blockers, which ruin your body. Like it will change your body forever. Like in many, many of these trans I've read statistically speaking, all they need when they're kids is, is therapy. They need support. They need parents who are, who aren't trying to say, uh, I think you're crazy. Uh, you know, whatever they need parents who are supportive of them, but they need to get treatment and they need to see a doctor or a psychologist. And then nine times out of 10, they just end up being gay or, you know, a, a big percentage of them. That's what the uh, statistics show. So the trans thing is just so wild. It's a wild subject. I mean, they, they get mad at me when I talk about things like this. They, that's the number one thing that the gay community is like, stay away from the holy trans. It's like, man, it, it, it's, it's crazy. It, it, re- it really is. And it's bad because you have these people who, it's, it's not their fault, but they have something going on in their mind that they need help with. And to make yeah. it where it's not, um, it, mental disease is such a negative connotation, but when you have a mental health issue, whether it's depression, bipolar, uh, gender dysphoria, you need help to be guided through it. And listen, if you never grow out of it, then you never grow out of it. But yeah. to push this idea that one, one time, like it's healthy. A kid says, I want to be a princess. Oh my God, my son is a girl. Everyone, you have to call him a girl. And as a, if you're a father and you go against the mother, all of a sudden you're a bigot and you can lose your rights as a parent. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Leave the kids out of it. That's why I wanted to wear the drag queen culture is not for kids. Drag queens are, many of them are drug addicts. Many of them are, you know, they're literally like almost, they're like strippers. You know, they're, they're throwing money at these girls and they're taking off their clothes and they're not girls. They're, they're wearing the pads and all this stuff. It's just, and then they have all these jokes about cock and this. Oh, sorry to say that. That's all right. Don't worry about it. I, I curse all the time. Okay. They're talking <laughs> about genitals and all this stuff. All the jokes are super, super risque and sexual and all this stuff. It's just, I wouldn't take my kid to a strip club. It's not about whether it's a gay thing. It's just about like, we got to keep, we got to let kids be kids and, and, and do that. You know, and, 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 and keep the kids away from drag queen culture. But I, but I will say this. There's also that part of me that's like if, if a parent wants to take their kid to a Lady Gaga concert, you know, or a Miley, it's up to them to decide something like that if they want to do that. Um, because I can't be a hypocrite here and say that I'm like squeaky clean because I'm not. My music is sexual sometimes. My music, uh, I, I'm not an angel. I'm nobody's preacher you know, but at the same time, like there's going to be moments where I put, you know, I have to put explicit, this is explicit, or maybe, maybe this, this video is not for kids. You know, don't do that. All of my YouTube, they ask you, are you for kids or not for kids? I'm like, absolutely not. You know, but do kids like some of my music? Yeah. They, they like geisha dance and the fun pop songs. Cause I do like a lot of fun pop songs, things like that for everybody. Um, but sometimes I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm not going to go there. But that doesn't mean I'm trying to say that, oh, you should take your kids to, to, to or watch that video with your kid. No. No, that, I'm a rock is, star. Rock star culture is not exactly. for Exactly. It's never been for kids. 
Rockstar culture is not for kids. Okay, drag queen culture is not for kids. And I didn't say drag queens are not for kids because if a drag queen is like Mrs. Doubtfire, and it's squeaky clean, you know? I love that movie. That was one of the best movies of the 90s is Mrs. Doubtfire. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's like a squeaky clean Mrs. Doubtfire and she's, you know, reading books to the kids and Mary Poppins image. Okay, maybe you could read to the kids or whatever. But most of these ones are coming in there with the horns and the satanic. And they're and not the, wearing underwear. They're not wearing underwear. <laughs> they're just like strippers. Well, it's it, this is a big thing. You said your parents raised you right. My parents raised me right too. And I was lucky enough that you know my father passed away when I was seven, but I was lucky enough to have a stepfather who understood who I was as a person. And he went and took me to see Gladiator in theaters. I was I think twelve, maybe yeah. eleven years old. But he understood. He's like, listen, it's just violence. It's make believe. You know, this isn't like a real thing. And I'm like, yeah, I know. So it was up to the. It's up to parents to raise their children. I think a culture, and that's the, the theme of the episode today, where we have lost a big part of the American family, especially on the left with single parent households, with people wanting to be raised either, you know, you're not putting importance on having a father in the home. You're not putting the importance on teaching kids values. And whether you're religious or not, the values you get from religion are important. So you don't, I'm not an overly religious person. But I think Judaism has played a big part in my life in terms of yeah. learning how to be a good person, in terms of giving right. to other people when they need it and not being compelled by the government. The government's not your parent. The government's there to be kind of an overwatch to protect us from enemy threats and protect our rights. And that's about it. But right. people are looking to it as the surrogate parent. And I think that's a big part of our culture that we have to push back against. And the right needs to start pushing back in the culture war. And you are a big part of that. And I thank you so much for standing up and taking that stand. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we got to teach our kids values. Well, you know, what's valuable, what's, what's, you know, meaningful, creating meaning for them. That's very difficult. It's a very difficult concept. And we have to, we have to teach them. Uh, and that's every parent's job to do the, their own thing. And that's why I think I'm a conservative because I don't want the government telling me how to, if I, if I ever have a child, like how to raise my child, I want to, I want to do what's right for me. And I want to, you know, raise it the way, raise the child the way I want to. So yeah, keep them out of the, keep them out of the strip club, keep them out of the drag queen, you know, <laughs> bars, which they're not even allowed in, but you know, it's 21 and over. I know it's, oh God, but that, that is a big part of conservatism that is lost, especially on the left, because you say the word conservative. And I think this is a big, especially in the gay community where they hear conservative and they think old white Catholic. And that's, that's not the case. And we're starting to kind of push back against that, but we need to be out there on the front lines and making sure people understand conservative means the constitution being an American. It's really being a real American. It's believing in the constitution and believing that our rights are not up for debate. The government's not allowed to tell us how to live our lives as long as we are not hurting anyone. It's not up for debate. That's right. And I, I grew into this the way I think now. It took me a long time. When I was a kid, everything was about like, you know, I, I was told by the industry every day, tone down the gay thing or tone down the femininity, tone it down. You're never going to make it if you come out as gay. You're not going to make it. You're not going to this, so, you know, make this more masculine, do this and this. I, I was told that a lot. So back then I was more about like, oh, I'm Ricky Rebel and I'm going to be, 
you know, super hypersexual and I'm going to do a song called You Need a Woman and, you know, get all these girls and boys wearing, you know, leather and chains. I rebelled in a different way. I was rebelling against the idea that I could not be myself and make it at the same time. And I just, as time went by, I mean, I had to do it in a different way now. Now I had to prove to the, to the industry and to the people around me that uh, I could be, once again, be myself and make it at the same time. And it wouldn't be a big deal if Trump wasn't such a great man. It wouldn't be a big deal. Because I'd say, if I wasn't so passionate about what he's doing for this country and who he is as a human being and, and his family, I would just be like, yeah, he's cool. He really has stood up for so many different people and done so many great things for different communities where he's constantly being called a racist and a bigot and a misogynist. Meanwhile, he's done more for women and minorities. Like, I, I feel like I say this every episode. In the last three, four, let's go four presidents. Let's go from George H.W. all the way through Obama. President Trump is the only president to take office being in favor of gay marriage. He is the only one to invite young black people to the White House for a leadership summit. This is something Barack Obama didn't do. And my co-host Tack likes to call Obama the black god. The black god didn't come out and help black people in the way that Donald Trump is. And the fact that they are slandering him in such ways, and that's, I think, is the most frustrating part for me. They can't even see the good that he's doing. No, no, it's sick. The the, The way they're acting, completely, unabashedly, disgusting it's sick there's so much disrespect disrespect to the you know the founding fathers everything that everything that america represents the way the liberals are acting nancy pelosi all the adam schiff you know illegally spying on the president everything they've done is absolutely disgusting you know it's such disrespect to the to to our founding fathers and to the american people because the American people are the ones who voted for Trump. And the thing that they hate the most is not President Trump. They hate us. They despise us because we will never back down. We are not going to back down this year. We are all gonna show up right, bright and early to vote. We are there because we are anti-globalism. We are anti, um, you know, socialism and communism and and new world order we're anti we're all and we're going to show up and we're going to get revenge and revenge is going to be at the voting booth and i can't wait (laughs) oh i'm very pumped there's a rabbi who comes to some of the meetings that i go republican meetings that i go to and he said i go to meetings too i feel like we're in aa (laughs) we go to meetings hi my name is evan i'm a republican (laughs) Uh, but he says that america America is kind of this, it's, it always feels like kind of like someone's got our back, whether you believe in God or not. If you look at the way this country was formed, and, they've, and uh, people have told me this, if you ran a simulation between the British Army and the American, Revol- and the American Continental Army 100 times, the British Army is going to win 99 times out of 100. But that one time, that one time we win, and we mm-hmm. did. And if you look at World War II, up against the Nazis, up against all these in- insurmountable odds, and we won. And, right. and no matter who comes after us, the American spirit is this extremely powerful thing. And it's driven by this belief that was given to us by the founders 
that we are here because God has ordained that we that we be an example for the rest of the world. That yeah. freedom is important and it's not something to be that can be taken away because it is given to you as a human being. Inalienable rights. Right. And that, I think that's one of the most powerful the powerful things of the American spirit. And I yeah. think that's why as long as we stand up, ultimately the left will lose because it is an anti-American movement towards socialism, towards yeah. this hate speech, towards, you know, taking away guns, taking away speech. It's completely un-American. It goes against everything that you've been, you know, ingrained in you since you were, since you were a child. Right. It's just that one thing, that, that one thing inalienable rights. That, that's a huge concept. Huge. It changes everything. It changes everything. And it's what, like you said, it's what has ma- made America what America is. And that's why everybody wants to come here. That's why, you know, our, our borders are being bum-rushed because we have so, so much opportunity here. So much opportunity. And, 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 and it's a shame the times we're living in, but it's also really kind of cool because I feel like I feel like conservatives is are the cool. We're we are we are the cool thing. We are the I cool agree. thing happening. Period. <laughs> Any way you look at it, anti Hollywood is the new Hollywood. What Ricky Gervais did, oh, uh, amazing, amazing. And he's not even a he's not even a red guy. He's he not at all. For, he fights for the blue team. We don't care what team you fight for. We we want to hear truth. We want to hear the truth. We don't. We're, we're tired of the bullshit. You know, and when Ricky came out, he he did his speech. He did so much he, truth bombs on everybody. We we celebrate him. We don't care about his politics. We care about people telling the truth, having the courage to. We want authenticity, and that's what's been lacking in 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 everything. And and not only want authenticity, we want people who actually know what the hell they're talking about. Like if these stars were actually, you know read up on, on what global warming, all that stuff and all of those things, if they've actually read the statistics and read the stuff and really did their homework and, you know, instead of spouting off like that, that like Jennifer Aniston, like, Oh, pray for the Australia for global warming. And it was like, arson. where you, you have no knowledge. You, you haven't done your research, girl. That's why we don't respect you. It's not because you're a leftist, but because you haven't done your research. There are 200 uh, arsenic uh, people who who lit those fires to try to say that there's global warming they're freaking crazy it's not and it's the same thing when they talk about guns and if there's a video online if you haven't seen it definitely look it up it's dumb things that democrats say about guns and it's about a three-minute video and every single thing that every person says in the video is completely wrong. It doesn't even, it's non, it's completely nonsense, nonsensical. Really? It is, it is, uh, Diane Feinstein, they asked her, um, you know, what's a barrel strap? She goes, oh, I don't know. It's like a shoulder thing that goes up. Like, <laughs> now, first of all, barrel shroud is pretty self-explanatory. It's something that goes on the barrel. Like, that's all she had to say. Yeah. But they, it's, they, they work on fear and they don't, live, they don't operate in the real world because if they did, and we've seen this in New York, they would fail. Like we've seen with bail reform, like we've seen with them trying to implement all these ridiculous policies that always fail, which is why your state of California is constantly broke and constantly burning yeah. to the ground, even though you guys have, what is it, the third or fourth highest GDP on the planet? California is a mess. 
like I go to Hollywood. I, I love working out and I, I do Pilates and I, I teach Pilates. I'm, I'm a fitness instructor. And um, I go into Hollywood and it's a mess. I mean, we have camps of, of you know, people in their little tents as you're going by and there's like feces on the floor. You don't know if it's a dog. You don't know if it's a human, what, whatever. And people are just like, it's turning into San Francisco. Hollywood is turning into San Francisco. New York City. New York City's right there with you guys. Don't worry. And that's de- that's democratically run society. And that's they keep happens. voting for these people. They keep voting for them. No one likes de Blasio, but the Democrats will refuse, refuse in New York to vote for anyone who doesn't have a D next to the name. Do they do that? Or are they sealing these elections? What? I, I, are they sealing it? I think over here, like it was something like everything was red except for one major key thing, key position is like the mayor, but everything else is red. I think that's what happened this year. I don't know. A lot of it is um, where the population is. So the big problem that you have in state elections, is it's not an electoral college. So the reason why nationally it works because everyone gets kind of equal representation where it's slightly off based on population, but essentially you get a fair shake, even though you're in Arkansas and someone else is in California. On the state level, it's not like that. So New York was actually almost completely red. Donald Trump won almost every single county in New York State. But he didn't win Queens, he didn't win Brooklyn, he didn't win Manhattan, and he didn't win the Bronx or Westchester or Nassau. Those counties flipped the state for Hillary Clinton. It's the same thing in California. Hillary won L.A. County and then gave her California. Okay, I understand. So what they need is that uh, they need to have – um, California and, and New York, they need to be broken up. They need to have. Oh, well, we would love that. We could, we would love to just <laughs> kind of push, push all the liberals up somewhere else because they're ruining the state. We're losing insane amounts of people all the time. We're at a $6 billion deficit for the budget for this year. Mm, that's the one thing. My, Cuomo my, or Newsom. uh, Newsom's bad, but I think Cuomo might be worse. Oh gosh. I Cuomo. <laughs> that name, man. Those those guys. The worst family. Worst all family. People that really piss me off. And there are some evil, effed up people like like Schiff and Ed Buck, who murdered those black gay men in his room. Oh yeah. Allegedly. Oh, God, that's a nutcase. Allegedly. Uh, Hillary Clinton, who has a you know allegedly uh, the biggest list of of murders. You know, suicides. Yeah, everyone who has evidence on Hillary Clinton. How many friends do you know who've off them suicide? You know, that's why I call her Killery. I mean, allegedly. Allegedly. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) but for some reason, the Cuomos, he he gets me. They're so, like, arrogant. They're arrogant and stupid. That's, those, that combination of human being, like, I think irritates me more than, than any other human being. Arrogant. So bad. And stupid at the same time. So me and my girlfriend, as a side note, if you're listening, please stay tuned because we will continue with the episode. But me and my girlfriend, when we first started dating, we went up to Westchester and we went to Sleepy Hollow because they have the graveyard and it's right next to the Tappan Zee Bridge. So that kind of became like our bridge. Then they rebuilt the Tappan Zee Bridge and he renamed it the Mario Cuomo Bridge. And now it's ruined. (laughs) (laughs) And you what? You saw you stopped going, right? Oh, yeah. No, I, I refuse to call it the Cuomo Bridge. Every single time we drive past it, it's the Tappan Zee. That is it. I do not care. Yeah. 
That's the same thing in LA. They named a, a major freeway. I think it was the 134 or the 210, or it's 134, and they call it the Obama. It's like the Obama freeway. It's like, oh man, can't take it. No, it's take different roads. My mom, uh, my mom was the one who who really red pilled me. My father too, um, and they would talk about. My brother is a huge liberal, huge. He's like completely blind, like completely sheep sheeped out as i would call them um and she would talk about how much she despised obama and at the time when i was a kid i was like no mom obama's cool you know he he wants to bring people together he he's about i didn't say hope and change because i thought that was a stupid slogan but i i liked when he did his address and he said um to everyone, to black and white, gay and straight, and everybody's cheering because it was the first time anyone had ever said something nice about the gay people in politics. It really was. Everything else was about like, I don't know, AIDS and stuff. It wasn't really positive. No one really ever said anything positive as a politician. Right. And so that I gave him credit and I thought, oh, I thought he was going to be cool and he's going to bring people together. And then uh, when my mom would talk about some of the things Obama's saying, my brother would call her, she said, oh, mom, you're racist. You're racist. You like Obama because he's black. I got that so much from people. (laughs) And even as a kid, I thought to myself, what are you talking about? That has nothing to do with what she was saying about his policy or Benghazi or what happened. Or, you know, uh, the the other thing he did, um, what was that thing he did with the guns at the border? Oh, the Fast and the Furious. Yeah, like she would talk about all these things that he did that were horrific. And, and my, but the fact that my brother called her a racist, I thought that was just insane. So I even understood back then. Um, and then as the years went on, you know, when I made money in my career, uh, like all the money would be flushed out. A lot, of, not all the money, but a huge portion of my paycheck would go to the government. I'm like, what's going on? She's like, well, you got to pay for people's subsidies, Ricky. Yep. You got to pay for people, people's food stamps and all this stuff because the, the Democrats are in power and that's what they want. They want you to give a huge portion of your paycheck. I'm like, screw that. It's, I got red pilled. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. And, you know, I have a very similar story. I grew up, you know, growing up in New York, you're in that liberal bubble. And I worked in law enforcement for a short period of time, which kind of opened up my eyes a lot because when I came out of law enforcement, um, you, that's right after that is when the Michael Brown shooting happened and all these things happened where the war on police was really starting and you had a president who wasn't standing by people mm. for the most part are just out there trying to work and serve their community and instead he's inviting crack dealer Freddie Gray's parents to the White House who was a crack dealer he's inviting Michael Brown who almost murdered a police officer um, his family to the White House mm. and he's not and it's just it, it didn't make any sense and it just became this kind of like, I can't stand how he operates because he did yeah. right. He came up as this like, yes, unifying force, but he wasn't. He was a snake oil salesman. And a lot of people couldn't see that because they were blinded by the fact, one, that he was a Democrat and two, that he was the first black president. I work with women who they're like, oh, Obama was a great president. I'm like, well, what did he do? And they're like, well, he's the first black president. I'm like, what else did he do? And then that's they laugh. Accomplishment. Sorry. They laugh. They laugh because they realize that's all he did. And they'll admit like, no, oh, that was enough. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> Being the president isn't a big accomplishment, but the color of your skin is not an accomplishment. That's that's something you're born with. 
I, I get that, that, you know, I get that it, how do I put this? It was a good, it was a big moment for it America. It was a moment in history. Okay. He did, he did not live up to what we, what he should have been and what he needed to be. And yes, it, it has been, you know, growing. It, it, there was, we've, we have to own the fact that, yeah, we did have slaves and that's horrific. It was horrific. Um, but like anything else, I, all of our cultures have been enslaved at some point by other cultures. Jewish, and, we're like the original slaves. Oh, the Jews. I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. And we all have to, what are we going to do? Like, oh, well, I, my, my ancestors were slaves, so I'm oppressed now. It's like, no, get a job, clean your effing room, and handle your shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I love that. I think that's, that's the way I think. And I, I'm a badass like that. Like, to myself, I'm that way. I'm like, Ricky, do your, do your, home, do your stuff. Get on the microphone. Write the music, produce a track, make the video, call your call your dancers, choreograph the song, videotape it, put it out there. I edit everything. I produce everything. Okay, so there's a part of me, I literally have a whip and I whip. I whip myself into shape and I whip the people who work with me into shape. They know that oh, when you work with Ricky, it's it's a situ- it's intense. Cause I'm nice. I'm a I'm a you know, I'm a kind person, but at the same time, I know how to work. And I think that a lot of my friends underestimated how intense I am. Like they under, underestimated how, how, uh, who I really am inside. They thought I was just this really nice unicorn <laughs> thing, you know, which I am. But then there's a part of me that's like, when it comes to business, don't touch my money. Okay. Back the fuck up. <laughs> I mean, what? I what? think that's a, that's a great spot to that's a great spot to end. That's a great message. <laughs> my goddamn money. Thank you. All right, so Ricky, um, is there anything you want to tell the people at home where they can find you online? Um, do you have a release date yet for the new album that's coming out? I don't have a, a release date, but I'm pretty sure it will be out before summer, and it's going to be called American Rebel. And I'm probably just going to do single, single, singles until the actual EP and then maybe the full album later on uh, this year. Uh, But I'm going to plug my social media so people can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook uh, at Ricky Rebel Rocks, Ricky with a Y. And then uh, if you could join me on YouTube every Tuesday, I go live. Uh, It's called Tuesdays with Rebel. You can go to my YouTube and don't forget to subscribe to my channel. I need more subscribers. That's the that's the lowest one. I need those numbers up. So please, yeah, if you can subscribe. YouTube, YouTube is kind of pushing us all down. YouTube is the hardest one, as anybody knows. It's like it's crazy hard. I've got a ton of followers on Instagram for some reason, but like I would love it if people could help me out with that. That's great, guys, and don't forget to follow us online um, on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives. On any platform that you find podcasts, we are at Empire State Conservatives Podcast, and make sure to follow us on Instagram at Get Red Pill Ben Y. For that, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, and don't let fear take your freedom.